art, comedy, pop culture, and much more. You're listening to ACPN. Let's go to the bar. Welcome to the Romance Bar. Good evening, Gata. Good evening, Colleen. And welcome to a bonus episode of the Romance Bar. Uh, We are going to be taking a big shift. We're going to be discussing, as you know, we have our scale of how we judge the books, whether they are Hallmark movie to 365. So tonight we're going to be discussing 365. Find out what this... (laughs) I have thoughts on this Netflix movie. Gata has thoughts, but we also have a special guest who's going to have some thoughts on this movie. But first of all, Gata, what are we drinking? We're drinking um, water. That's what I'm drinking. Okay. I I feel we need the water for this. (laughs) I don't know why. Water is very important to this. But uh, Gata, would you like to introduce our special guest? Yes. Our special guest is the person that texted me a billion times to watch this movie and when i watched it i texted her one sentence what the hell am i watching um i think i texted welcome. you the same thing i did please welcome my friend mother of baby that i swaddled <laughs> hello 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 hi kim and how kim, are, you? are you drinking uh i have some seltzer oh Kim getting all fancy on us now. Getting very fancy. Wanted something with bubbles. <laughs> yes, yes, yes. I think Had that's no how champagne. The... <laughs> Second best. Yeah. I think that's how they decided to write the script for this lovely movie was like, we need something with bubbles. <laughs> <laughs> my theory my theory on this whole movie is they blew the budget on the yacht and that's it. That's they okay paid... though, because really <laughs> You just need the yacht scene. What else <laughs> they, do you need? They spent $50 per script person because there were three different script people for this movie. The one that wrote in English, the one that wrote in Polish, and the ones that wrote in Italian. That's it. None of them had conversations with each other. That's right. You only needed the yacht. The yacht made the whole movie worthwhile. <laughs> oh, my God. Oh, my God. And Okay. <laughs> The actor who played Massimo's Instagram. That's that's really all you need. Mm-hmm. Oh yes, mm-hmm. yes, yes, yes. You should ask him to kill. Um, oh yes. Oh God, okay. Yeah. Okay. So Kim, what kind of got Gata to have? And I have this episode was I was walking my dear dog. Well, the dog I dogs it for, my parents' dog the other night, and I had, uh, Mary screw kill, Heathcliff from Weathering Heights. Uh-huh. Christian Grey of Fifty Shades of Grey fame and Massimo. Go. Kill Heathcliff because I can't stand his angsty teenage. That, crying yes, that's me applauding everything. <laughs> yeah. Um, oh, that's tough. It's really tough. <laughs> Christian Grey is just, I don't know, he doesn't do it for me. But I just really want to kill Heathcliff. So maybe we'll just screw Christian and marry Massimo because, hello, that yacht. 
that yacht scene. I want that every day, please. <laughs> oh, God. See, I thought of it differently. I was like, I definitely killed Heathcliff because Heathcliff is a horrible human being. I would marry Christian for his money. I would take Massimo. But Massimo has a lot of money, too. So No, but he's a like, mafia-esque yeah, I mean, I I thought of it. I was like, okay, Heathcliff's gonna die. That's fine. Um, let him walk. I'm glad off we're the- all in agreement on that because really, <laughs> yeah, no, is the worst. He is the worst. He is definitely the worst. I'm so happy you're thinking the same way. Besides, he's gonna walk off a cliff because he sees Catherine in the distance anyway. So it doesn't. Mm-hmm. He's not gonna want us. It's fine. Mm-hmm. Um, I said. This is what's going to happen. So that means Christian and Massimo are still sta- I'm imagining the three of them standing before me as I decide this. I don't know why. But that, Chris- that Christian and Massimo are just going to end up killing each other. And then I don't have to worry about any of them. <laughs> <laughs> but I said to God the same thing. I said, I think I could tolerate marrying Christian. Because at least then I get to be... If I get to be Anastasia, then I get to be a book editor and I can read all the books I, I get paid to read then. That's yeah, true. But who That's wants true. to deal with these mommy issues? Not That's me. True. Not me either. Okay. But okay. here's the other side of it. Um, being a part of the... Have you never seen The Godfather? I could end up blown up in a car with Massimo. Mm-hmm. You could. Yeah, That's you could. true. You could. Or you could end up being on that yacht. you could end up on that yacht. This is true. But I also I'm willing read to how take the, that chance. But I also read how the 365 series ends. No, thank you. I'm taking. Oh, I don't know how it ends yet. Oh, I yeah. I read the internets. I found out. Don't tell me. No, no, don't, I don't well, tell I won't me spoil, either. I won't spoil I the be listeners. But I had to find out how they changed it, like how the Netflix movie, Netflix alternated the ending from how the book original. Yes. 365 was based on uh, books written in Poland. They were written after Fifty Shades of Grey, so they could have been heavily influenced by Fifty Shades. Um, and it's a trilogy. So, mm-hmm. But they altered the end for the Netflix movie to get people to watch the second one. That was... Uh, we are. Kim and I already have a date. And it's mm-hmm. I'm glad that you, you don't. I don't. I am not watching it. I'm saying it now, and guess what? My mind will change when it comes out. Yes. Depending on Massimo, it's I, so like, intensely problematic. Oh, like there are so many things that are problematic about it that like make me uncomfortable about watching it. Mm-hmm. It's like this. It's like a really difficult paradox. It's you know we're all romance readers here we know that there are books that delve into taboo topics with taboo people taboo relationships taboo power situations there are you know erotica books that deal with you know uh people who enjoy rape fantasies Mm -hmm. kidnapping fantasies there is literally something out there that touches upon every taboo thing you could possibly imagine and for some people that's in their wheelhouse of things that they enjoy that's not me at all so when i saw everyone talking about this movie online all of you know romance landia twitter all of a sudden exploded 
mm-hmm. I was like, oh my God, what is this movie? I have to watch it. And then I watched it and I was like, this is so problematic. Why am I telling Gata to watch this? <laughs> like, And I, like, for me, Gata, who, you know, I'm like, you know, knew her way back when Gata who, okay, back when I met Gata, Gata did not say any curses whatsoever. You have heard her curse on this podcast. I never heard her curse. I used to have to curse for her. I would say asshole for her. It is still a shock. She was like that when I first met her too. It's still a shock to us. It's a shock when she, it was a shock for Doris to find out that Gata reads the books that we're discussing or watches the movie we're about to discuss. So Doris, when God Doris, telling, by the way, Kim, hold on. Doris is the name that we're using for um, my mother, Colleen's mom. Okay, yes, because because if you know a Dor- Doris Day, or um, yes, yeah. Yeah. So that's so, Colleen's mom. Yes, Doris Day. She was not comfortable knowing that I read books like Fifty Shades of Grey, and we're like, okay, mom, yes, I've read them. We move on. She goes, do you go tell the priest this? No. <laughs> Moving on. I am not telling the priest I watched 365. No, no, no. Doesn't need to know. We're we're not we're not telling him that. But um it it was just it's like, oh, I was like, God is telling me to watch this. And then my I had another friend of ours, a friend of mine tell me to watch this, and she's like, Oh, it was so uncomfortable. The most awkward blowjob scene occurs. And mm-hmm. I'm saying, first of all. Here's a problem. When I am laughing at a sex scene, not because it's funny, because it's just bad. You know mm-hmm. you did a bad job. But mm-hmm. we're not here to yuck anyone's yum, as they say. We're not, like, mm-hmm. if, you, if this is, in, like, what Kim was talking about, like, this is your wheelhouse of you enjoy these fantasies. We are not here to um, discourage you. Like, go ahead. You are entitled to your opinion. You're, entitled, you're allowed to watch it. This is here for you. We're just talking about like reasons why it's problematic or why the internet was talking about it as much as it was. Um, Because I think it's a lot darker than Fifty Shades of Grey gets, I think. Um, It's, they obviously, I think, had a little bit better chemistry than I feel. Oh, um, definitely. The The actor I think that's, and I think that's probably why, I think that's probably one of its redeeming qualities the the actors themselves had in probably of you know anything that's been made fairly recently i think probably one of the strongest duos of chemistry that i can you know remember watching for i'm not going to say that it's a rom-com but uh, you know a a romance storyline um really really strong chemistry which I think is, you know, something that really pulls you in. I remember watching the first Fifty Shades of Grey movie, and I didn't bother watching the second or the third. Um, I watched the third. Because I just thought that they had no chemistry. It was like watching a wet napkin. It was yeah. just... I was very grateful for the fast-forward button with, with mm-hmm. the third movie. Because, um, like you said, there was, no, there was no chemistry between the actors, so it was just like, that's what made... Um, and of course, uh, like me being the movie buff or like you, you even investigating when you find out like to act like, okay, um, when Patrick Swayze and Jennifer Grey had their um, love scene in Dirty Dancing, they hated each other at that point. 
mm-hmm. none of us could tell that no, that worked did not really come. well. And I think that shows like how good, like that's good acting. Mm-hmm. So it's just like, this was bad acting, bad script. It was just bad. All, 50 Shades of Grey was bad all around. This is a bad I script. Just, this 365 I, had a bad script, but they, but they made it work. Yes. I just say something to both of you that you don't know about each other. What? You both studied cinema. <laughs> really? Yes. <sighs> yeah. No wonder I liked Kim when I met her. <laughs> <laughs> so, Kim, when you told me to read it, uh, I mean to watch it, you told me to read a lot of things. We will discuss discuss this later. But when you told me to watch it, and I was texting you the whole time, uh-huh. Um, none of, I, I was like, I could not believe what I was watching on Netflix. Couldn't believe it. <laughs> I could believe it because it wasn't an American film. No. Yeah. So, you know, I, I've always enjoyed watching foreign films. And so, you know, even watching French films, yeah. you know, the rest of the world is much more willing to put into films and how they're willing to reflect things. Um, United States cinema, I think, is much more conservative. Not always, but much more conservative in what they're willing to make films out of um, and what they're willing to put money behind. So I, I wasn't totally surprised that it was as explicit in parts as it was. Um, you look at, you know, Blue is the Warmest Color, which is a mm. foreign French film, a lesbian coming-of-age film, another super problematic film in terms of the director and how he treated the actresses that started. Um, but I mean, that was really graphic at points. Film awards. Yeah. So I'm not totally surprised to see in a foreign film, you know, sex as as explicit as this was for American audiences who are not as exposed to cinema around the world. I think it's definitely jarring because you definitely don't expect, you know, to see that in a movie that you're going to see in the movie theater. No. A Netflix that usually has certain things came down. Like, I think, I mean, coming from like the American state, like from, well, I guess maybe because I've watched way too much of their, like the, well, cause like their Christmas movies, like that were like, obviously that's a different genre, but it's like the Netflix originals were somewhat not as, you know, like as graphic as they could have been in which would I, that was a different story of like finding them and like, Come on, if you're challenging up, you're running up against Hallmark, you could go a little more to an edge, in my opinion. So, but then I was like, 365, I was like, oh, I wasn't, I wasn't ready for this. But I was also laughing at the wrong points. (laughs) (laughs) And I, I've said this to Gata, I don't know if we said it on the podcast. The only one, the only person who was allowed to say baby girl and does not get the giggle of, oh, that's really wrong. Uh, is Shamar Moore on Criminal Minds. He's the only one who can say baby girl and it entices what Massimo was trying to entice in that movie. Just by I saw that is true. 
I saw a meme online and got it. I sent this to you that they took Gru from Despicable Me <laughs> and put it on Massimo's body, and they, you know, like put at the bottom like "Hello, baby girl," like the way Gru would say it, and I, I can't unhear that in my head no. now. I am seeing it. Wait, I gotta. Oh my god, I'm seeing it in my head, and it's just. I will try to oh find it and send it to you, Colleen. But like, yeah, I, I can't no, wait, not. I'm in the I can't not hear Gru when no. he says, "Oh my girl god." Now. So, yeah. <clears throat> oh my god! You're welcome, um, I, everyone who's listening for that visual. We do have, so you know, everybody. Yeah, so you know, we have 150 listeners or listens so far. We do. Yeah, I know. Maybe this will invite more people. Yeah, or maybe, maybe it will. Or maybe turn them away. I don't know. <laughs> hey, like I said, we're not here to yuck anyone's yum here. But just uh, this movie and unless uh, it's a lot there of- is. Yeah. I mean, there's a lot that is, as Kim said, problematic. But I'm interested to hear um, since Kim is the first one who led us into this um, to this gem of a oh movie. God, this is all my fault, isn't it? <laughs> yep. It's your Sorry. fault. Absolutely. We already blame you for it. <laughs> what besides the. What what exactly is problematic for you? Like specifics. Well, the entire storyline is based on this woman is drugged and kidnapped by a mafia don. Um, that's super problematic. And then yes. you know tells her that she has three hundred sixty five days to fall in love with him, and that he's not really. He's not going to let her go. He's not going to let her go. It's kidnapping. Yeah. Um, yeah. It's, well, an article framed it. I think it was the Mary Sue who framed it as like, it's sexy Stockholm syndrome. Um, this is what like, uh, for listeners who may not know, this is what they uh, usually equate Beauty and the Beast with like is Stockholm syndrome, but it's like how Beauty and the Beast really isn't Stockholm syndrome. This is Stockholm syndrome. Um I feel pure and simple, like pure and simple. Like if you want to understand what that is, this is kind of really what it is. Cause there's a point where she tries to escape and she goes mm-hmm. to the cops, but the cops see him walking and they're like, oh, okay, bye. And right. cause he's that powerful. Like he owns them. And I'm like, Oh, so she really can't. I will say the fact that he never like rapes her or forces her to have sex with him unwillingly um, you know is a point in his favor but then you also have to negate that point by the fact that he like forces her to watch another woman with him um, yeah and you know. well there's so, also a, the problem I, like one of the problems I had so he takes her on shopping sprees of which I'm on board for I'm on all on board for all of the shopping sprees and she buys all these clothes and she's trying them on and they're provocative clothes. And there's like that first dress that she wears, that red dress of when she goes to the cops. Like that's the one, like when you're on Netflix Mm -hmm. and you're hovering over the title, this is the scene that plays. I don't know why, but it is. Um, And she's, and she has no bra on. So you, you can tell it's a bit nipply out and he gets mad at her. This is before they have their like their marathon of sex on the yacht. Spoiler. Um, 
but he accuses her of dressing like a whore. I'm like, you bought her all these clothes. You bought her all these clothes and you're bitching about her wearing them and choosing to wear them out. Like, what's wrong here? Like, there's something so wrong here. And I'm like, okay. So, like, for me, that was the problem of, like, okay, so you basically accuse her of being a whore, deser- saying she deserves what she got, like, what was about to happen to her. That's in the club, though. Colleen. I know, but I'm saying, like, it's she just because she dressed the way she dressed. Yeah, yeah. But you bought her those clothes. But so she's only allowed to wear them at certain times. Like, because he, you know, it's that chauvinistic, your body is my body, and you're only allowed to do with it what I allow. Or I say yeah. it's okay. Okay, so maybe uh, we should give a. Gotta, do you want to give a brief synopsis of like. The overall plot Me? before we... Yes. No, I think Kim should do it. Okay. <laughs> so, Massimo, he starts Massimo and his dad yeah. are hold on, hold on. in... Kim. Yeah. Your voice disappears. Oh, I'm sorry. Yeah. We'll okay. cut is that, that off. Like, yeah, 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 this is good. Okay. Go ahead. We'll cut this part. No so, so, Massimo and his dad, at the beginning of the film, are having a meeting uh, a mafia meeting and the father gets shot and the bullet goes through the dad into Massimo and Massimo in his moment of I don't know you don't ever really know if he was like on the verge of death but while this is all happening he fantasizes about this woman that he had seen on the beach like two minutes prior to the shooting um, and she becomes in his mind, like this angel um, that, you know, got him through to survive. So they don't really ever tell you how much time has passed between that and when um, he sees her, but she is on vacation with her boyfriend and um, her friend, and he sees her from a distance and drugs her that night. And kidnaps her, takes oh, her back to all? his lair, and tells her the next morning that um, she has 365 days to fall in love with him. Um, and while she's in his home, she sees like paintings of herself. And she's like, how do you know who I am? I've never met you before. And he tells her the story of how he was shot um, and saw her. Um and then proceeds to, you know, take her on a trip that he has to go on. And uh, as Gata and Colleen said, takes her on tons of shopping trips. They go to a club one night where he's meeting with people for his mafia business. And she is like all provocative and a fight breaks out, which then is causing mafia troubles. Um, and... I won't ruin the rest of the movie. Oh, you could. <laughs> We're spoil. We okay. Spoilers. Oh, well, are- well, I mean, we'll give some on. spoilers. No, even if you say the rest, we still don't know what happens. I left them right, the but movie. I don't want to lead up to that cliffhanger ending. If you no, if you okay. have not watched the film and you're preparing to watch the film, be prepared for a very large cliffhanger ending. We don't yes. know what happens yet. So yeah, don't true. go in thinking you're going to have a happy ever after. This is not a romance, folks. No. <laughs> no. There is no happy ever after here. 
Um, but know that there's a sequel, so that could just, it could give you false hope. But <laughs> Netflix knows where its money's going. Um, Did they announce that they're definitely doing a sequel? I'm pretty sure they said they were going, they were planning on it. Yeah, I thought they did too. I think that's why they did the cliffhanger. I think they did, yeah. Um, but obviously, COVID has shut things down. Mm-hmm. Not in Italy, from what I see on Massimo's um, Instagram. He's like well, traveling the I world. Th- wasn't this filmed in Poland? It's it was a Polish fil- film, technically. Yeah. That was one of my favorite parts in the- in the movie. Okay, so me, who uh, grew up on pierogies, this scene with the chef, where she's like, I'm in the mood for pierogies, and, he hi- and, he- and the chef makes her pierogies, and she goes, oh, they're okay, but you don't have to kill them. <laughs> I'll teach them how to make better ones. <laughs> was my favorite scene of the whole movie. Favorite scene. I was one of my favorite lines, and of course, now I can't think of the exact line, but it's like, uh, she asks Massimo, and he's like, I do business for work. <laughs> I, I do business like, for work. I do yeah. business for work. I was like, that's just a great line. I I work, I do business. Oh, okay. Like this movie uh, was like the vaguest of the va- like whenever like like with Christian Gray, we're never really sure what he does. And this is even like uh, Massimo, it's even more. He makes vague. money, Colleen. He just That's makes it. money. That's it. That's true. He That's makes true. money. Has the power to buy things. Powers to buy a yacht. Drives around in a, a helicopter. Yes. Charlie Tango, whatever Thank its you. name is. Yes, the Charlie Tango helicopter. Charlie Tango, Foxtrot, whatever. Oh, so sidebar back to Fifty Shades of Grey. So the beginning. I'm just telling you about the beginning of the third movie. So first of all, the budget. For her dress, you could tell that Dakota Johnson did her her own hair for that scene because it was done horribly. The dress was meh. I'm like, Breaking Dawn did it better. And then it jumps to the scene where she's like, oh my God, we own a private plane. I'm like, excuse me, we are three movies in. Do not be shocked by wealth anymore. It's lost its factor. Let it go. Yeah, that's true. That's true. And that was when I was like. But that's like quintessential Anna, right? Like everything is, like. I remember reading the books, right? And she's supposed to be uh, a college student who doesn't have an email address. What? Like, I, what? What? It makes no sense. How are you a senior in college? You don't have a... I think she's a senior in college, if I remember correctly. It's been years since I read that book. But I, I remember just being so flabbergasted. Like, in what day and age of modern college students do you make it to your senior year without without an email you get an email when you become a freshman on campus or if you're a a computer student and she's a budding it just makes no sense like and she's like a budding editor what do i do with this and she's like a budding editor and i'm like although i don't know what what is her what is the what is her name in 365 Oh, um, oh my God. What's her oh my name? God, I can't think of it. Oh my God. I can't. I, I'm not even calling Massimo by his real name. I'm calling him by his character's name. Yeah, his name is Michael Morano. Oh my what God, is, I can't. Uh, 
I know her best friend's name is Olga. I loved her best friend. Olga, yeah, Olga is was all right. Can I we just dedicate to- a moment to Olga? Can we give Olga a shout out because she is the only one with common sense in this whole movie? Oh, Olga is this all? That is how I framed it to a friend of ours. Yeah. I said Olga is this all? She. She's like, what are you doing with this guy? What you've happened known him to you? For two like, months. Yeah, you've are known you him for sure two you're months. safe? <laughs> yeah, and uh, just but yes, it's true. Olga is this all? She is the voice of reason. I loved she, Olga. She is the reason. She's okay. the reason. If you're going to watch this movie, watch it for Olga. That's all. I much. also got the sense that Olga has some underlying feelings for her best friend. You think? Ah, that is a good. Huh. Interesting. Okay. Can we take a brief moment to discuss the. Oh, ho- Laura. Laura. Yes. Can they we discuss her horrible hair dye situation? I felt it was a horrible take when she dyes her hair blonde. I didn't see what the point was. I didn't see the point either. She looked better as a brunette. I'm like, okay, she could have done a very softer blonde, a softer blonde if she was going to go blonde. That was yeah. too severe. I don't know. And also, what the heck was that dress that she wore? You wore that to a wedding? I, I, I question a lot of things. I know. I know. I didn't hear it. Um, I mean, not hear it. I couldn't understand it. It was just weird. Okay. Her name is... Oh, that's what it is. That's yeah. what it was. Yeah, her name is Laura. Laura. Wow, it's um, so bad. Uh, I'm like, yeah. I can't even remember characters' names. I know. Ask me what's <laughs> my favorite part of the whole movie. What, the what yacht? No. <laughs> no, that's your favorite part. No. Remember the I shower? I was Uh... <laughs> Kata wants the shower. It wants the shower. It was such a beautiful tile. The tile was great. You see that tile and those the the space of the shower. Like, oh my god, that was a fantastic shower. I want that shower. Not she doesn't want Massimo in the shower. She just wants the shower. No, yeah, I not want even the shower. Massimo in the shower. Just the shower. Now wait, the shower. Ken, let's be real. Do you want Massimo in the yacht or do you just want the yacht? Of course I want him in the yacht. Hello? Hey, yeah. we've got hey, to be clear. Colleen, he done. put the work in. He put the work in on he that did. yacht. He did. He did. He, put he, in. Did. he did. You okay. can see it. You can see it. He and the cameraman put that work yes. in on the yacht. They did. Yes. They did. They, oh, oh that was- a lot of things. Occur- the yacht is the pivotal point of the whole movie. For the just, longest just time. Watch it fast that was not really need anything else. No. Yeah. And Kim kept saying to me, it has to have been real. It could not have been acting. I'm like, hold on, let me investigate. <laughs> and and they're like, um, no, this was acting, really good acting. And Kim is still insists to to let me tell you about this. It's let me real. tell you, if that was really good acting. I don't want to see what real sex looks like. <laughs> <laughs> because that was real sex. I'm sorry. Okay. Oh. Let me, uh, okay. How about we just take a break and set the scene for how we each watched this film. Now, I was home. I was, like, off that particular week. and But I had to make sure that my husband was not anywhere near me. Because I was like, okay. Because 
for the longest time before I got him to watch Outlander, he kept calling it, he goes, you keep watching porn. I'm like, this is not porn. I'm like, there's an actual plot in Outlander. There's things going on. But anytime he kept walking in was a sex scene. So I was like, I can't watch 365 with him now. <laughs> I can't. I can't watch it and like be like, like, and get an honest feel. For it. So I was like, I'm going to watch this without him. And I started watching it. And he was asleep, and I start laughing at this the awkward blowjob, and I'm hysterical and I'm laughing. laughing. And he goes, "What is going, going on? on?" And I'm just like, "I'm, just I'm laughing at the wrong points in this movie." So then I stop the movie, the movie and go into the bedroom, the bedroom to watch to, watch, to finish watching it. And I was like, "Okay, let's rip up the bandaid and finish this film." So I watched this by myself. By myself. Gotta. How did um, you watch this movie? Him texted me. And she's like, I'm watching this. You need to watch it. I'm like, all right, I'll watch it. And I watched it. it was, of course, I was by myself. No one was here. Um, and um, I, st- I kept texting. I think I texted you the whole time I was watching it. Because I texted you. I made you. Yeah, you <laughs> did. And I was like, what am I watching? Am I watching? Like, is, is this porn? Is this what porn is? And I was like, <laughs> what is this? No. I was dying. I was dying. The acting's a lot worse. <laughs> and that's how I watched it with Kim um, on the other side of my phone. Mm-hmm. Kim, now how did you, were, were, was the husband around or were you by yourself? Um, the first time I watched it was by myself. Uh, I saw everyone online just absolutely freaking out about it. And I was like, what is this movie? Like, just what is? And at that point, people online were still like not really revealing a lot about it. Everyone was like, "You just gotta watch it. You just gotta watch it. You just gotta watch it. You just gotta watch it." And I was like, "All right, I guess I'll watch it." Um, so I think I, I, I think that day I like had put the kids down for their naps, and I was like in the middle of folding laundry, and then I was like, "Whoa, <laughs> hello." I just kept seeing, like, on Twitter, the uh, the gifts of the yacht, and I'm just like, okay, clearly there's a boat and a plane involved. Let's see mm-hmm. what happens. Like, I I I got on the band very very early on, so people were just like, uh, you know, uh, don't expect, uh, you know, a a clear ending, um, and just wait for the yacht. Like that was all people would say about it. Like, no one was really talking about the plot or, you know, why it was problematic yet. Everyone was just like, you, you just you just need to see this for the, the yacht. And I'm like, what is this yacht scene that everyone keeps talking about? And I'm watching and I'm watching and I'm like, okay. And then the yacht comes. I was like, okay, I understand why everybody's watching it now. Yeah. I, yeah, that, that, that was that was epic. Like I said, I think that's where they blew the budget was on the yacht. And 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 for just how damn realistic it was, once more and more people started watching it, then that became like the new conversation online. Like that yacht scene was intensely, intensely realistic. It was. It was. It was very uh <laughs> it it was very uh real like I said, they had the two actors had a lot of chemistry as far as like I 
the, no, this, this, the actual dialogue, no, you could, there, like, if you're watching this for actual plot, um, I think we summed it up with, without any, like, that's, I think, where you, like, up to the yacht, that's basically all you need to know. Like of well, yeah. I mean, it, there's not really that much of a plot to the story, except what Kim said in the beginning. Like, it's not, you know. Yeah. He kidnaps her, and then they have all the sex in the world on that yacht. Um, then you know they show me the shower of my dreams, which thanks so much. Um, <laughs> but like, yeah, that's 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 the story. But then it does leave us on a cliffhanger, and I would love to know what happens next. Actually, you know. So I, I read also- that they are translating the film, the books to English right now. <gasps> Ooh. Prior to this, they were not available. Yeah. So, and they so also changed a lot of the book for the movie. Um, mm-hmm. like uh, another thing was that she was actually married and not with a boyfriend. Um, like, so in the in the books, he kidnaps her from her husband. And, like, is the husband slash boyfriend equally terrible, like he was in the movie? I think that he like forces her to divorce him or something. I'm not really sure. What I just is remember this? reading like that was one of the big. Te- what she is was happening? married in the books? Oh, um, so yeah. I know that they changed the movie. So I'm curious to. I'm I'm kind of curious, but I don't I don't know if I actually want to. I don't know if I want to read it. I mean, I don't I don't know. I mean, I I, I will read it. You will read, read it. it. Yes. Okay, I probably would pro- just because I would like to see what they changed. Mm. Um, like we think that the you know film as it stands is problematic, and it, it would be you know interesting to see what they changed like did they did they make it more problematic was it problematic mm. to begin with like you know i would just like to compare and contrast for my own that i mean i think that's a good sell for why you might want to read it just to see like okay so the movie what we know how we feel about how problematic the movie is but it's like okay how much more problematic was the book like i mean this is a vastly different book but also dealing with mafia like godfather movie was problematic but they cut out more problematic stuff from the book like the book has a lot more problematic stuff that occurs in it that like the movie and just... the mafia romance is not you know anything new no there's no there's always been you know yeah mafia i mean romances so and billionaire I... romances and like yeah. him being part of the mafia is not the problematic thing. It's just his control, how controlling he is of her, and like that. And also um, with the sex scenes again, this is him. He's almost always choking her mm-hmm. every time they're having sex. And he's so, into it. Why are you judging? I'm not judging it. I'm saying like for me, <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm. I'm just, yeah. it, it is absolutely. And I, I, I was like, wow, all right. I'm like, some people are into that and that's fine. But for me, I'm like, that would be like a red flag for me of 
for, for my Colleen, own. There are a lot of red flags. Let's be. <laughs> no, I'm saying the man kidnapped like, you and drunk you. <laughs> okay, but now we're going into like how David Carradine died territory here. Like yeah, that's yeah. that's. I'm like, all right, what else? Like that's like serial killer tendencies right there. I mean, yeah. That that's what that's I'm saying. Tough. Like, yes, this whole movie is very problematic. Like I said, but I think I think Kim made a very good point as to why reading original source material, why there. But I don't know if I would buy the book if somebody else bought it and loaned it to me. Then that's different. If it's if it's a dollar ninety nine, I would buy it. Yeah, if I would I probably check my local library first. Which that's, that's which is true. what we discuss here on the romance bar is like, is it worth buying? No. Is this movie worth checking out? If you want to see what all the hype's about, I say go right ahead. Just make sure you know who and who isn't in the room when you do. Mm-hmm. That's that's my opinion. <laughs> uh, or if wanna... you're not sure you want to watch it with your significant other, watch it by yourself first and then with your significant other. Mm-hmm. What did your husband watch it? No, Can I'm not me. Oh, yes, mine did. Yeah. Oh, what did he no. think? Um, <laughs> he was a very surprised at certain parts. <laughs> the flight attendant. <laughs> oh my god, we skimmed over that. Oh, that was that was that was. He kind of sat here and he was like, he kind of sat here. And he was like, oh, uh, oh, okay. Like, he was not expecting that. I wasn't either. I was like, I thought he was supposed to be in love with this girl that he saw on the beach. I'm so confused. Why? What's going on? What's happening here? Oh, God. That's it was awesome. very aggressive. It's like, oh, this is like violent. This is way too, like, this is too violent for, for me personally. It was well, pushing along. Pushing all so the weird. wrong buttons in my opinion. Uh, it wasn't well, pushing whole, my buttons. The whole flight, um, Scene was weird. It was just weird. All the flight scenes were. Let's be real. Yeah. yeah. He ties her to the chair using seatbelts. Yep. Yeah. The gifts yeah. online were very misleading on that part. Because it looks like, like, if you catch the right gift, it looks like she's into being tied up there. Not so much when you watch the actual scene. No. No. I mean, listen, I'm all for romance books being made into movies absolutely not like this though Mm. well i think gotta what you and i were saying earlier with certain books of like like okay so we said like there's a lot of there's a reason like the pinnacle point of the movie is on the yacht but there's actually like this is one of those things of like there's just sex for the sake of having sex too yeah. Which I think that awkward flight attendant sex blowjob was one of them. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, so that was like why I felt it was drawing her like, okay, so it's this kind of movie. Like it's that kind of a setup, I felt. Kim, what do you think? I agree. They're definitely, you know, when you, when you first start becoming a romance reader and you start to 
you know, there's thousands of romance books. The romance genre is just massive, you know, and when you start reading and you discover new authors and you have other romance readers that kind of steer you into directions of romances that have, you know, powerful messaging, you know, in between the lines, or you have, you know, powerfully written heroines that, you know, may not be the type of women that normally have their stories told, Um, you know, you start to realize what makes a good romance novel and what makes like a mediocre one. Mm. And, you know, there are authors out there in this discussion I've seen, you know, within the romance genre readers online several times you have some romance authors who will write a clean version of the same story that they've written that has sex in it where they just take the sex scenes out if you're able to write a story where you can take the sex scenes out and it doesn't change the story at all those sex scenes never needed to be there in the first place And you have authors that write sex scenes that if you took them out, drastically change the story. And so for me, if you're going to have a romance story that doesn't have sex in it, that's fine. You don't have to have that in it. That's part. That's totally fine. But if you're going to make it, make it be there for a reason. Don't just make it be part of the story for, you know, kicks, shits and giggles make it mean something because then it becomes you know not exploitative but it just becomes this thing that's just there to you know appease something to make it marketable as a romance right well we all know the romance genre makes more money than any other genre so right it's like at that point it becomes well how can i cash in on this oh let me write this mediocre story and just add a couple of sex scenes here and there and people will read my story and versus yeah. the authors that actually take the time and put the emotional work into drafting a story that, you know, has purpose and has meaning to it. Um, and so for me, I greatly prefer a, a story that's written a hundred percent for a reason and not just oh, here's a sex scene here, there, and everywhere. You know, those stories are just bad, in my opinion. I agree. Well, Agreed, agreed. It's also like, um, like, since you also have a a cinema background, like, the purpose of, like, like, the talk around female nudity in movies, like, is the reason the woman is nude or nearly nude, is there a point to it? Or is it just, you want to show a scantily clad woman? Mm -hmm. And how... um, like now we're noticing like I now this is an odd place to put this, but like watching like Hobbs and Shaw, but in the way like the way like guys would watch like movies like like in the early aughts of like, okay, so I'm like, oh yeah, you wanna see the part where the rock takes his shirt off. But it's like, is there a point to him actually doing it? Or are they just throwing it in there just because they know who's watching it? Kind of a thing. But it's different I don't for think us we'll girls. ever steer away from probably that kind of um, 
especially in film because film is so visual. Right. I don't think you'll ever see, you know, the type of, you know, topless, whether it's male or female, um, scenes because it does hit a certain expectation for the type of film. And, you know, for me, I love the Fast and Furious movies. I really, really no love shame. them. Uh, I always have, and uh, I really liked Hobbs and Shaw, and I like oh. you know love them. I will watch them until I'm 85 and gray. Yeah, yeah. I absolutely right love them. They're they're just I love them. That's all I'm gonna say about it. I um, want. I'm waiting for Hobbs and Shaw too. So bad. Yeah. So bad. I was just and, like, you know, I would like them whether The Rock took his shirt off or not. But I also know that there, you know, are people out there that are expecting that from that movie and if the rock doesn't really care and is cool with taking his top off well more power to him but you know there are you are starting to see also i know that we're going off topic but you are starting to see more um female actresses kind of put uh you know their foot down in terms of what they're willing to do uh you look at um emile clark uh emily clark Oh my god, yes. Amelia Clark from Game of Thrones. Mm-hmm. Right? Em- Amelia? Mm-hmm. A- Emily. Um, Amelia, yeah. Emily, yeah. 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 Em- yeah. Who, you know, the first season, she was topless a lot in that first season. Mm-hmm. And once she had more power um, as an actress and in her contract negotiations, she refused to do topless scenes later on in the seasons. Um, so I think you're also starting to see people who do not want to be exploited for their form. And I greatly respect that as well. So if you're cool with it, cool. If you're not, that's awesome too. Well, I think also with like 365, because um, um, she's not... I mean, because they're both equally, like, percentage naked-wise. I think that's, they're both equally amount. Like, it's not, like, I don't think hers is greater than his, if I'm not mistaken. I think she- Well, the female form, you know, is, I think, always more than the male. If a male's topless, it's a completely different thing than if a female's topless. I'm saying fully nude. I'm saying fully nude in general. Like, when she's fully naked, so is he. Like, I, I don't think. Oh, oh I see what you're saying. Yeah. Yeah. I think it's equal, which I was like, oh, I'm actually kind of shocked. Like, or there's a point where he's actually more naked than she is. And I was like, oh, okay, that's, that's one thing that's a little different than most, um, which I was just like, all right. So there, there's some tiny little bits, but otherwise I'm like, I'm not, I don't know if I could sit through this three times like you did. God, you watched this three times. Oh, no, you, you did. did. <laughs> I only saw it twice. Okay. I don't think I could sit through it twice. <laughs> I just got so excited for Gata. <laughs> no, it was the once, and that was it. it was oh. the once, and that was it. <laughs> she only watched the film one time, but she's seen the yacht scene 12 times. Let's be real. No. <laughs> no. no, I did not. No. Gata, don't I, lie okay, to your audience. Don't Kim. lie to your fans. You've wait, seen wait. the yacht 12 times. Okay, Kim. No. 
let's let's just let's do the gotta i'm sorry i'm putting you on blast here but there okay. was a time in tgi fridays where we had to explain a sex scene to gotta and how it worked the logistics <laughs> a fork and knife were used to describe how things worked okay That's very true That's so i don't true. think gotta would watch a yacht scene 12 times <laughs> That's true. I was using it for educational purposes, Tom. It's very educational. Okay. <laughs> oh my god! Like if you I ever wondered what goes where and how the and yacht how scene the is for you. <laughs> Thank you, On Kim. A yacht Thank by you. Yourself. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. Thanks so much. You're welcome. If if you ever wondered how <laughs> the birds and the bees conversation can go. Just throw the yacht scene on. <laughs> oh my god, I think I'm a little bit older, uh, old for the bees and uh, whatever, but uh, thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks. For the bees and whatever. <laughs> oh my Kim, god. We have to remember, God is not from this country initially. It might not be the birds and the bees where she's from. Just saying. That's okay. That's what okay. Would- I'm proud of her. I want not know acclimated. what She has acclimated to American culture very well. Yes, it's the fork you. and the knife, okay? It's the fork and the knife. That's how the two get together. Mm-hmm. Fork and the knife. You guys are awful, but I still love you. So, you know, there's that. I love you very much. We make Aww. you read and watch horrible things. Well, no. I mean, listen, Kim has, uh, Kim had made me read some really weird stuff um, and watch some weird stuff, 365. I mean, um, and you did one, one weird recommendation, and then suddenly, oh, Kim makes me read weird stuff all the time. It's a lot of movies. Okay, to be fair, I did turn off. Okay, so I was I found one of those horrible books that I was just like that was worse than three sixty five. Like I turned it off in the first twenty minutes of listening to it. So the guy and the girl, like I'm thinking they're going to have this fun meet cute thing. And it's like, okay, so she's all on board for the sex, all on board. Like she's ready to have this fling. He still gives her the date rape drug so he can have a BDSM scene with her. I'm like, but why? She was on board. Why did you have to ruin it with this? So I had to stop listening. I was like, there's no way to this to get redeemed. No way. No way. No how. I said, I'm stopping. I can't. I couldn't do it. At least with 365, I got through to the end. Well, and That's he like was- another thing that, you know, when I read a book and something is like non-consensual, yeah. um, Gata will tell you when I was reading Lisa Kleypas's Wallflower series, um, I think it was the second book, Marcus and, uh, God, I'm drawing a blank, Lillian? Yeah, Marcus and Lillian. I think. She gets incredibly drunk and she he has sex with her in the library and she doesn't remember. And I'm like, gotta, this is horrible. Like, I liked this book so much up to this point. I really liked these characters. Like, and he's the most upstanding guy, you know, in, in the, the prior book. Like, whenever you meet him, he's always you know, the guy that is follows all the rules and he's very steadfast and, you know, just a real responsible dude. And then this happens and I'm like, it just seems so out of character for him 
to have done that and totally fine with it. And it just really made me greatly dislike the book after that. And then I remember, you know, I, I, whenever I hit something like that in a book, God and I usually always text each other back and forth. Like, you know, if I read a book that I find that I really enjoy or I find really problematic, I always tell God about it so that she reads it and we can talk about it. Like, is it just me? Is this just, you know, am I looking at this in a different light than you see it? You know, I usually tell God to read bad books with me too, just so that I have someone to bounce off of. Like, yeah. is this book really bad or is it just me? So and she'll the do point, the same thing with me. But I'll I think read bad books for her too. Podcast. Like why Gata wanted this podcast or is like romance, I feel opens up a lot mm. of uh, like opens up all of these questions of like, like how I said in the beginning, we don't yuck people's yum, but it's also like, but there's parts in, or maybe other people are feeling this, but they don't want to be as vocal about like what they're saying will be the vocal points of like, or we had said mm-hmm. like when reading certain books or like reading a book in a series of like, no, you have to have somebody with you when you're reading this book because it's a, an emotional toll. Like when we were, we discussed uh, Lover Awakened and we're like, it's a great book, but it, it takes, there's an emotional toll that that book takes on you. So you need to, you need to have a friend to discuss it with because. Mm-hmm. There's just so many things or even like watching this movie, like, yes, we're laughing about how badly it's written, but it's also like the, the problem, problem themes that it brings up and like, no, it's not just you. Like, why is everybody loving this movie? That's really problematic. Let's discuss. Like, it's like, it's okay to not like it or, you know, what you enjoy it for what it is just the base, like the, like, okay, Massimo is very pretty to look at. That's enjoy. There's a nice, lovely yacht. That's nice to look at too. That's, you know, or like, you know what? This is your mental break from whatever's going on in the rest of the world. Like, I would like to have a yacht. I'd like to have a bajillion dollars to blow on a yacht. You know? I think but, that kind of yeah. like ties in really well to why the romance genre sells so well and why, um, at least amongst romance readers, why we all have such good and strong friendships with each other um i have a very good friend in california who um i met when i started book blogging and when i started reading more romance novels she and i would read the same ones together um she was also a book blogger and we would you know discuss a lot of what we were reading why we felt things were problematic why we enjoyed things we actually bonded over Tessa Dare's um, Spindle Cove series because we both loved the heroine in the first book that she had lopsided boobs. Like how Ugh. incredibly naturally realistic is that a thing yes. that how many women, you know, go through that they have one boob that's slightly different than the other. It's Every just woman. Every woman. So incredibly common <laughs> and just normal. And yet if I hadn't read that book and found a friend who also felt like that you know like romance connects people mm-hmm. in so many different ways friendship love just it's just a, a great genre because it creates so much discussion even if a book is bad it creates so much discussion if a book is problematic it's it creates discussion it's like it's just that's i think that's probably why it's one of my favorite genres to read. It's just uh, the books that I read of the romance genre are the ones I wind up talking with my friends about the most. 
Um, oh, it's a thousand the, percent. Yeah. No, I a thousand percent agree with what you. I agree boyfriend. absolutely. That's but, how God and I became friends. Was over yeah. a romance book and her wanting everybody else to read it and be on the same page and then having the discussion of like, we need to talk about things. And like I say to Gata, oh, please catch up on this book because I need to discuss things in it with you. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah, That's, what that's, that's like that's pretty what much my text message <laughs> to Gata after every book I read. <laughs> that's true. That is true. That's exactly what we text I'm each reading, other all I'm the time. I'm reading um, Karen um, uh Karen Marie Moaning's Highlander yep. series right now and I like read the first book and I'm like Gata you have to get this book I have a copy for you we have to talk about it and I'm like telling my other friend Caroline about it um she's now reading um Janine Frost's uh, Vlad yeah. series and then the Ian and Veritas series that follows it and we've been discussing those back and forth with each other. Uh, like anytime I read something, like I'm immediately like I find one of my friends and I'm like, you have to read this book. You have to do it now. <laughs> so I'm starting Karen and Moaning, I think, tomorrow. Good. So I'll discuss it with you. Oh, I'm boy. on the sixth book out of eight. Wow. wow. Okay. Yeah. Um, really? When I saw when I saw her last, which was this week, she was on book four, guys. Just say <laughs> we got I'm a lot a very of very fast reader. I'm sorry, I, yeah. I'm a slow reader, and that's why audiobooks are my thing because I can listen to them depending on this, you know, depending on the speed and how good they are. I'm like, actually, I was reading. It was the last book Sherilyn Kenyon put out, which might be the last last. Uh, I was I had two hours left on the audiobook and I had the actual book and I told my husband I was like listen I have two hours left of the book I'm abandoning you right now because I need to finish because um, <laughs> I need to know how it ends and of course there was um, Kim Kardashian ugly crying uh, in the last couple of page you know last couple of chapters and I was like okay yep I'm good I'm done and there was also laughter which is again like you said like the there, there are so many different emotions you can have while reading a book and a series, and that's wonderful. I mean, and you're right that the romance genre creates all of these things, and everyone's like, but romance, everyone's like, anybody I've told this podcast about so far is all like, oh, Fabio, the book's on the cover. I'm like, there's more to it than just Fabio. Mm -hmm. I know, yeah. There's so I think many. People, I think people confuse... Um, Today's romance to um, five, 50, 40 years ago romance, which is, you know, it's different. Today's, today's romance is more complicated. There is more to the story. It's a little bit deeper. It's a little bit meaningful. Um, it's a lot more, even though I've read a lot of like stuff from the 60s and 70s. And I, I mean, there is a lot of issues that I have with them. Stories are still not as bad as you know people are you know say they are. I think people look at romance just because it's a love story, and I think I said this in the first, the prequel um, that we did, uh, just because they think it's it's two people, um, it's a it's a relationship story, it's a love story. They think you know um, 
oh no, I don't want to hear about that. I want a real book. And I'm like, but it is a real book. There is, there's ups and downs, the relationship, there is work, there is sadness, there is happiness in these books, there is life in these books. And that's what gets me upset about it. When people, you know, dismiss romance as a genre, uh, because it is a real that could life be a story. Five hours. Why there is such a bad stigma against yeah. romance? Yeah, yep. Like why people are so you know afraid to let people know that they read romance novels? Like there's such a stigma, and I just don't understand it. Like why in today's day and age where you know people are taking ownership of their sexuality and there's nothing wrong with that why we have to be so ashamed to read books about love and sex who cares well i I agree yeah well i think it also goes along with what you said earlier kim like when we were saying how sex scenes need to be purposeful i think the people who who might be who go into a certain romance like they might be finding and this is what our like I think our goal is with the podcast of finding those books that you can find that connection with that there's more to it than just the scene where the sex scenes could be taken out of the books like that there's reasons for those sex scenes to happen but there's also a lot more story involved than just this the sex that occurs in the book like mm-hmm. we want people like sure we're gonna find books that are like the frilly fun like you can get through them quick and enjoy them and like laugh about them and and it's like it's not as heavy as some other ones i mean because you need to have that little bit of variety i mean comedy shows exist for a reason because you can't like as much as you enjoy a law and order svu marathon you kind of need to have like that silly funny show because afterwards because svu could take a lot out of you (laughs) like and there are also great romance novels that make really good connections and have deep meaning that have absolutely no sex written on the scene there everything that takes place in the bedroom takes place off the pages as well very true fantastic ones there as as well so i don't want to give the um at least from 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 my opinion i don't want to give the books that have sex are the ones that matter um because there's a ton of ones i've read that have no sex on the page that are just as deeply connectful and and um, have a great story and great meaning um but it's you know the the romance genre is massive and there's so many great authors out there that just how many books and i like close the novel and i like put my hand my heart and I have what my husband and I call a cheese smile, where it's like a Cheshire cat, giant grin. And my husband will look at me and he'll be like, you just finished your book, didn't you? I'll be like, I loved that love story. Like, I loved, it was so good. Like, there's just so many books out there that make me Cheshire cat smile. They give me a cheese smile. Yeah. Those are the best kind. Those they are. are the best kind, yeah. Well, there's this And I love of- when you find, like, a, a, a string of and like you read one and you're like nothing can possibly top this and then you read your next one it's as good if not better like oh my god i can't i can't top this and then you get a third like i just had a me last month i had like four in a row that were just each one stellar in their own right phenomenal loved every minute of them and i just oh 
they just stick with you. Oh, I wish I could read them all for the first time all over again. Well, like, well, it's a it's a young adult novel, but it's it's become one of my favorites. Of like, I wish I I'm trying to get my husband to read it because it was so beautiful. But it's a it's it is a love story, but it's not a love story between uh like a male female love story or a male male. It's about like, well, it's it's called Will Grayson Will Grayson by John Green and David Levithan. And they write this story about two different uh, boys named Will Grayson that meet and then like what happens after their meeting. Um, but what John Green's Will Grayson, his lo- it's about his love of his best friend, not like love as in, you know, like that love, love. romantic love, but it's like, yes, I love my friend for who he is. He's never going to change and I never want him to change. And I feel like that there is also like a little bit of romance in there, but it's more about like how love takes these different shapes. And I think that's equally as important to discuss. And that does happen in like some of these series and like what God and I were, when we're talking about the brotherhood, that there's uh, the black dagger brotherhood at points of there are these relationships that occur that are not just the central romance, but there's other character, like how these other characters interact with the main characters that oh, you, absolutely that you appreciate. And you're like, yes, this stuff, like when you're watching a television show about anything, like you get invested, like you like, okay, you watch it for, Oh, this actor's on it. But then you want to know the, like you want to know this character's backstory. I, I'm like, I was saying to my husband with the Mandalorian, I said the uh, the armorer. I want her backstory. I want to know it. I want to know it. I want to keep watching. I'm like I'm gonna keep watching it anyway. But I'm like I, you're invested in the characters. You can get in, just as invested in the Mandalorian in a romance book. Just that, like the character development is there. Don't think yeah, it's not. And a lot of and what's great too. Um, like a couple of series come to mind for me. Um, like um, where it's either like a family or a group of friends and the friendships or the familial relationships within the series as well become, uh, you know, so important and so meaningful. Um, we just read the first book of Lisa Kleypas's Ravenel's series for the book club that Gata and I are in. And, you know, Gata and I have read the rest of the series, but one thing that stood out for people was the, the family like not even just the relationship between the hero and the heroine but the the hero's relationship with this family that he recently discovers and um you know is suddenly part of um i read another series recently the dreamers series by adriana herrera and each of is um there um four male friends who all are um children of of people who immigrated here um from various countries um in the caribbean um and the friendship amongst the four guys is you know such a huge part that that weaves through all four of of the books that was also something that was so like i couldn't wait to read the next book because you know the the one friend is in you know book one and is giving advice to one of the characters you know, book book three's 
hero pops in and, and he's giving advice and like just you enjoy the relationships among the friends as much as you enjoy the relationships the oh. the romantic um leads so definitely agree with you there it's not just you know romance novels are not just for romantic relationships at all and especially with romance series you know like you're reading a book and suddenly the butler is given a name and you finish the book and you're like you know you go to the author you're like is that butler you know george gonna have a book too it's like you anybody that's given a name in a romance novel you expect to have be part oh, of the book. series yeah or a so, novella yeah or a novella exactly yeah, Colleen, um, I read uh, Karen Rose's Die for Me, and <laughs> there was a character that I was like, Colleen, he was, he was, he's the brother of the hero in the story, and his scenes were like little, not much. And I was like, does he have a book? Because I really want to know everything about this guy. <laughs> <laughs> I really do. And then Colleen was like, no. And then Karen Rose listened to the podcast and tweeted at us. Um, Kimberly, she tweeted at us, and she said yes. He will have his book. And I'm like, oh, my God, I'm so excited. Can't wait. That's yes. awesome. Yes. Gotta got a um, shout out by an author, and it's amazing. So but that's, but that's why I also love series. Like, that's why I love, you know, series. And I, like, yep. I love standalones, but I love series. Because then mm-hmm. you live, you, you keep continuing living in that world. And it's such a beautiful world to live in. It's, uh, it's so, it's gorgeous. It's beautiful. Oh, I love it. I do. I, 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 and like I said, we are trying to make the romance genre like less, less taboo. I feel like, like it's okay. Men, you are welcome to read these books. Like it's not just the lady genre. You are welcome in this world. I have convinced my husband to read several. Like if I read a romance novel that I think like, you know, has a really strong message about, I remember uh, like, for example, um ruthie knox wrote a series called the camelot series and the series is bookended by the same couple so it it starts and ends with a novella about the same couple and the the beginning novella that starts the series is about when they first meet and the ending novella is like i think it's like 12 or 14 years after the initial and it's you know, after all these years of marriage and children and how their relationship has changed. And I remember convincing my husband to read it. It was like relatively around the first time or relatively close around when, when my son was born. And it just so stood with me about for so many different reasons and so many different things that were important to me at that point in time. I had just left my job and was becoming a stay-at-home parent, much like the heroine of the series. And, you know, all these different things really stood out to me. And I was like, I think that you should read this book. And it was great because he did it. And then it created so much awesome conversation between the two of us about how marriage changes with children and how your marriage changes even without children just over time. Right. We've been together for 15 years. So our relationship from day one to, to 15 years later is vastly different. So I think it's awesome also when, when men are willing to read women's novels that really stick with us and create um, really good conversational aspects for your relationship. I think when they're willing to do that, it's, it's a really cool thing. Yeah, absolutely. I agree. Listen, listen, my husband is not a vast reader as I am. 
but I'm tr- but he is watching Outlander with me, and I do appreciate. It. I mean, I know Outlander is not, um, like I know I'm getting him to watch the show, but it's still a point of like, okay, here's something that's completely different from what we usually watch because we're of the the D, you know, like of the DC shows that are on like CW or something like that, and this is like something different, and it's like there's a lot of little factors going on in it but it's also like it's creating a different kind of conversation about Mm -hmm. and that's the thing of like and i remember listening to an interview i think it was after wonderlust where they on uh in that audiobook where they uh interview uh laura lauren blakely and she said no i get i get letters from my um readers all the time of how they're uh they've read my books and it's like with like that they've read the books together and how much it's changed, not just their sex life, but like how her books help bring couples together. And like, that's another thing too, of like, whether it's just like a surface route, but there's, that there's a deeper, there's deeper connection in these books than like what meets the eye. And this, com- I feel this podcast took a, drastic different turn and i i'm here for it um like yes, me too absolutely i think this episode is going to be important to to the people that listen to us it might allow them to be more um open um to what the you know when people ask them what you're reading what are you listening to um it might lead them to be more braver um you know in saying yes i'm a romance reader and i'm proud of it and there is nothing that wrong should be with our it. t-shirt gotta yeah, that should be our teacher for sure a t-shirt yeah um yeah so i i think it's an uh, i'm very happy that you joined us kim um i'm well, very happy you asked me thank you now kim you well, said welcome. you're uh, a blogger do you want to plug it on the podcast i don't blog anymore sadly with 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 That's two fair. small children in toddler stages there is just not enough time in the day <laughs> that is completely fair I mean, but, is it still archivable? Like, could people go back and read if they wanted to? Yeah, my my blog was Reflections of a Book Addict. Um, it's uh, Life in a Hundred Books at WordPress dot com. Um, I'm on Twitter, Life in a Hundred Books. I'm, I always talk about books constantly. Um, yeah. So even though I do not blog anymore, I do still um, plug books that I'm currently uh, loving and enjoying, and and I'll chat about them online. Well, I think we need to have Kim back. What do you think? Oh, yes. We're definitely going to I would love have it. Kim back. Well, when we do Tessa Dare, because Kim is oh a Oh, my God. Tessa. Yes. Oh, speaking of female friendships. I Tessa's mean, my gateway. Tessa is the reason that I read romance. Oh, oh, you know what? I think, yes, we're going to have to. Ha- we're definitely going to have to have her back when we discuss <laughs> Tessa Dare. Uh, has anyone, speaking of just a quick sidebar, seen the new, what was it? Sarah McLean came out with the, the Brits. Where is it? Uh, oh, yes. Naughty I Brits. I have not read it yet. Yes, Naughty the Brits. Naughty Brits. I haven't read it yet. It's, I haven't it's read it yet. Nook. I'm deep in the Highlander series. <laughs> it's on All my right. nook and I can't, I can't start because Kim I have gave two, me the book. I have two and a half more Highlander books and then I can read something new. And no, I can't because I promised Kim I'll read the Highland book, and then I have to, you know, do Wonderlust for the next episode, Colleen. Oh yeah, because oh, that's yeah. going to be such a hard job for you to do Wonderlust for the. I know. Time now, if you want to know a sex scene that God has listened to more than once, it's definitely that one. 
Uh, <laughs> Kim, have you listened to this book? But not as much as the yacht scene, Colleen. Let's be real. <laughs> that is um, true. I, I mean, I although I... if Richard Armitage was talking in French to get her onto the yacht, she'd be watching it a whole lot more. <laughs> she would be on the yacht with him. <laughs> Actually, that's not far from the truth. <laughs> oh my goodness that's not far um so wonderlust is our next book it's by lauren blakely but we're listening to the audio because richard armitage is reading it you should listen to it too one day call he I was mean, so Kim. good in north and south if you've never seen that miniseries <sighs> i highly recommend it definitely seen it multiple times definitely the Wasn't patrick swayze north and south miniseries is also great has nothing to do with what the Richard Armitage North and South is, but yes, yeah, no, it is uh, his voice and the way he talks. I just can't. I can't. Uh, husband and I are his watching. His voice is so soothing. Uh, oh yes, it is for sure. Husband and I are watching Castlevania on Netflix, and he's the main dude. Ah, oh, so worth it. And it's so shit. You get. Oh, I watched totally. Mickey Mouse Clubhouse today. Not oh. really. Uh, not really a romance. Hey, it is equally <laughs> unless important. you want to include Mickey and Minnie and Daisy and Donald. <laughs> okay, let us not go into that tangent because <laughs> let's not let's not because that that's a whole other realm of the internet. Okay, if you think three sixty five was a different realm of the internet, like with choking during sex, and my viewing tomorrow up. will probably be a hundred one Dalmatian. So you know, getting a lot Wait. of. Wait a minute. Live action or the cartoon? The cartoon. Okay. Uh, Got to check. Got to check. Oh, my God. We went from 365 <laughs> to 101 <laughs> Dalmatians. You're going to regret including me in this. No. No, we're not. I regret nothing. <laughs> I regret nothing. I appreciate it. We want you back on this podcast, Kim. So clearly. Anytime. You tell me. Anytime. Okay. Well, just make sure it's after the kids go to bed because it's going to get yeah. raunchy. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> you know what? I think we should have Kim back definitely for when we just when we get to Christmas. Oh yes, definitely. Oh my god, I love Christmas. I love Christmas. I know. No, but the but Tessa didn't Tessa Dare do the Christmas, or was it Sophie Jordan? The oh no, there know. was a um. It was it was four authors that did a Christmas anthology. With um, Tessa and Sophie, Tessa, and Sarah. Sophie, Sarah McLean, and and Joanna. And Joanna Schultz. Yes. Okay, yes. we're going to have to discuss it around. I mean, we're, we should have you back before then, but I'm saying definitely around Christmas we need to have yes, you. We will. Definitely. Unless I'm a new book comes it. out around Christmas that we all need to, like, gravitate towards. My friend like Caroline and I are doing, uh, for the month of October, we're going to be reading um, the Sookie Stackhouse novels again and also the Cat and Bone series by Jan Frost. Oh, okay. The, by Janine Frost? No, Jan Janine Frost? Jan Frost. I have. I think I have the first book of the Janine. Jan. Jan. Janine. Jan. Okay. There's an extra e in there. I don't know how to pronounce it. I'm sorry if you're listening, Miss Frost. I'm sorry. I love you both. I know. I'm so sorry too. I don't. Can we have more Vlad books, please? (laughs) Shameless plugs for more books, please. Please. Can we please have more? Please, 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 more, please. Okay. Thank you. Thank you, Kim. 
thank you so much for joining us, Kim. Thank you so, for having me. I had a blast. Until I'm next glad. time. Good night, Kim, and good night, Gata. Good night, Colleen. Good night, good night. Kim. If you would like to follow us, you can follow us on Instagram and Twitter at The Romance Bar. You could also email us at romancebar at acpnet.net. <laughs>